0: Hello and welcome to the May bonus edition of the Feelings Fitness Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about eight great books for curious yogis. There are so many wonderful books about yoga. These are eight that I find very great and can be helpful for those who are just starting to dabble in the depth of the yoga practice. So first off, True Yoga by Jenny Lee has for years been one of my favorites that goes through the eight limbs of yoga. Because yes, there is way more to yoga than just the poses. So this book has a very easy, simplistic way of going through these eight limbs of yoga, starting with the yamas, which are connecting to your true nature the Niyamas, creating a harmonious existence. And I actually dedicated a whole episode to one of the Niyamas, saucha, which is working on the cleanliness or the purity of the mind, body, spirit, and the surroundings. So if that sounds interesting, look back. I can't off the top of my head remember which episode that was, but it was not too long ago, all dedicated to Saucha, I think it was actually January, because that's all about kind of the cleanliness. And it was mainly focused on really your surroundings. So your living space. All right. So the next of the eight limbs, the asanas, which we are the most familiar with, probably, which are the poses, the physical practice. Then there's pranayama, the breath work, which is control and expansion of the life force. Pratyahara is next, the peace that waits within. Dharana, which is concentration. Dhyana, Meditation and stillness, and finally, samadhi, which is liberation. So, those are the eight limbs, and it's broken into chapters in the book. And again, it gives you tangible tactics for applying these eight limbs to your everyday life. At the back of each chapter, they actually include a daily practice, questions, and reflection, as well as affirmations that go along with that limb so i love this book i refer back to it often um i like to use it as kind of a guidepost for living my best life so i think it can help you as well the next book in eight great books for the curious yogi how to breathe by ashley niece oh my goodness this is such a beautiful book And just the physical book of it is just beautiful. And then it clearly offers a lot of great information. I wanted to read a little excerpt from the book. So on page 14 in How to Breathe, it says... In addition to the rich historical landscape of the breath, we are learning today through neuroscience research that a number of nerve cells in the brainstem connect breathing to different states of mind. This research is significant because it confirms what thinkers, healers, and mystics have known for ages. We have the power to shift our thinking by changing the way we breathe. And since it's already common knowledge that our thoughts affect our overall health, energy, and well-being, it's safe to conclude that changing our breathing can have a global effect on our entire body. Oh my goodness. I have become such a fan of working with breath work. My kids will even say when, um, or I'll say to them, when they're having a tough time, or they can't seem to relax, be like, just take a nice deep breath. And I'll guide them through whatever kind of version of breathing I want them to do. And my son said to me the other day, he said, you're always everything's always about the breath. It's because you teach yoga. And yes, it is. But it doesn't even have to just you know, be about the yoga practice in terms of getting on the mat and doing the poses and that it's obviously very connected to that. But it's very much just a tool that can be used anywhere, anytime. It's this wonderful tool that we have in our back pocket travels with us. And it really can change our state of being. So we know we have this like this autonomic nervous system within our body. And there's that stress, which is the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. Or if you're in a relaxed state, that's the parasympathetic nervous system at work. And that's the rest and digest. So when you extend the exhale one to two times longer than the inhale, do that for a couple of minutes and your heart rate will slow down. And what's cool about that is that the The body then cannot be in this anxiety and stress state because when the breath is slowed down, it doesn't, the body doesn't have what's required to create anxiety and stress, and that's shallow, fast breathing. So, pretty amazing that just by using the breath, we can take ourselves out of this anxiety and stress state. What's cool too, obviously, since this whole podcast is about feelings, hence the feelings fitness, the quality and intensity of our emotions, either positive or negative, it's connected to the breath. It's pretty cool that we can also kind of change our emotional state by changing the way that we're breathing. And again, it's like, you know, if you have a kid who's angry, and there's, you know, real heavy breathing, and probably fast, and you get them to slow that breath down, it naturally changes the state and they're not, they might not be perfectly calm, but they're not quite as angry as they were when that breathing was fast and shallow. This also kind of relates to energy. I have become super interested in using the breath and everything else to just be more energetic because I feel like as a society we, we're so we've been so overwhelmed by this pandemic that I think a lot of us are just in this state of exhaustion. We're coming out of things. For those of us here, we are it's still, you know, real heavy in several parts of the world but here you know in the United States it's getting better And so we're starting to try and find this energy again, but there's still a lot of pandemic exhaustion. So I think it's super cool that the breath can also help us with our energy. So, one chapter in the book is dedicated to a way to breathe in order to create energy. And it says, in just one minute, the energy breath oxygenates your brain and blood, giving you the natural fuel you need to keep going. So, I I always like to talk about staying hydrated as one way to find energy, because if we're dehydrated, we can be lethargic. And then here you go. Here's another tool. The breathing can give you that energy. And the practice here, the breathing practice to help with that energy, it says, take your position, whichever is the most comfortable for you. Set your practice intention, sit or stand tall, lengthening the spine, rest your arms at your sides, inhale through your nose and lift your arms up to the sky. Exhale, inhale deeply. As you exhale, bend your elbows and pull your arms down so that your hands are aligned with your head. Inhale and raise your arms back up. Exhale, bringing them down. Repeat this practice for one full minute. When finished, release your arms all the way down and rest for another minute. Close your practice and journal. I have done this one and for that full minute, and I will tell you it is true. I felt more energized After I was done. So, test that one out. But if you're interested, check out How to Breathe 25 Simple Practices for Calm, Joy, and Resilience by Ashley Neese. Next up, number three on this list of eight great books for the curious yogi is The Sores by Tara Swart and this one i found so interesting i mean i just gobbled this one up and did all the things and keep going back to it and it really has changed me for the better and i this one i just read recently in this book it tells us that science and evidence based psychology are proving that we all have the power to manifest the lives that we desire. Wow, that's, that's big, right? I mean, yeah, I want to manifest the life that I feel like I desire, you know, that I desire. What is it about this book? All right, so the source, the title of the book, so the source is is actually the key to creating the life you dream of that is within your brain. So the book goes through how you're going to use your brain to create this dream life. It's another one that gives a strong vote for meditation. So we know meditation is a piece of the yoga practice. So therefore, the source can be a nice book that um, can help be helpful for curious yogis. So It says a consistent meditation practice increases folding in the brain and its surface area. These changes are situated in the cerebral cortex, the layer of the brain responsible for processing and regulating data from the outside world. Committing to devoting a few minutes each day to meditation will give you new clarity of perspective on what and who are your real priorities in life supporting your higher level brain regulation, and improving your resilience. Yeah, just another vote for how meditation can be helpful. And it goes, you know, into very much this neuroscience idea that we are able to change the brain. There is neuroscience that backs up this neuroplasticity. Yeah, we can, you know, there's limitations, right? But pretty awesome that we can have an impact on the brain that was once thought to say it is what it is. Now they're saying after all these brain scans that are available in different ways to study the brain, that we can do something about it. We can do something about the way that we behave, about the habits that we form, all of that kind of stuff. So the there's this idea of this law of attraction And it's really at the heart of this source, okay? So we manifest by focusing and visualizing and then directing our energy towards them through our actions, okay? And there's that energy word, again, that I love so much. So the last book that we were talking about, we talked about using the breath to create energy. Here we have this idea that there's the world is vibrating and we are vibrating and this whole idea of attracting and if you're vibrating on a certain level, you will be attracting those same kind of vibrations from others. This whole process though, you have to understand that it's You're meditating to understand, and then you actually have to hop off the mat or hop off your meditation pillow or hop off your chair, whatever it may be, wherever you're meditating, and you actually have to take action. But this idea of meditating on things creates this visual in your mind of what it is you want, and then you're more likely to go out and attract that thing. And in the book too, somewhere, it talks about this idea that the brain doesn't necessarily know the difference between fantasy and reality. So have some fun with your meditation practice and really visualize the the best life ever, all the things, and act as if these things are already yours. And then the likelihood of you attracting them, manifesting them, in your life is much greater. So, oh my gosh, so much good stuff in The Source by Tara Swart. Next up, we have Creating on Purpose by Anadeya Judith. This one is a great one for the curious yogi. So number four on eight great books for the curious yogi is this Creating on Purpose by Dea Judith. So this one is a step-by-step guide through the top-down process of manifestation. And this takes you from the realm of pure idea and your connection with source down to the bottom or your connection to the real world physical reality. And it integrates that mind, body, and spirit So it goes through again, it's top down. So you're starting at the crown and going down to the root chakra. It just gives like real tangible ways of doing this. So if you started at the crown chakra at uh chakra seven, you would be working on an I like this idea arises and it moves down into your consciousness. This is where you also are going to release any limiting beliefs. And you're gonna take this concept and you are going to keep working it down until it is in the, the physical world. So come up with some sort of a dream. Then you're going to come down to chakra six and you're going to flesh out your dream idea using your imagination. Visualize the fulfillment of that dream. Fifth chakra, you're going to tell others about your idea. Fourth chakra, you're going to find others to work with, to serve, and to supply what you need along the way. So you're going to be building relationships in that fourth chakra. Third chakra, you're going to use your will and you're going to create goals step by step and you're going to have ways of dealing with obstacles. Chakra two is going to um, be where you start seeing results, which fuels your passion, naming and asking for what you want and you attract what you need. And then finally, you'll get all the way down to that root chakra and you will have brought your dream to a reality, to the earth's plane. Now chakra work, you can do it if you need a certain something, you can tap into a specific chakra or you can do one of these full body systems or you can do one of the, um, Or you can go through the full system and do a top down where you're manifesting, or a bottom up where you are liberating. So, both are really amazing. You can choose what you need. There is so much more to this chakra system. There's energy all around us, and you can use it to propel your dreams forward. Along the same lines book number 5 that I have in this eight great books for the curious yogi is chakra healing by Margarita Alcantara and this one I stumbled upon and it gives the specifics about the chakras um you know one by one and what I love about this one is that in each section it incorporates oils and crystals so I know, I know not everyone's into all of this, the things, but it is pretty amazing how when you add in different scents to a practice or you hold on to a crystal or you place a crystal on that particular chakra, how powerful these things can be. So you may be th- thinking I'm crazy here, especially if you're really new to all this, but it's pretty powerful stuff. So this book really gives you a guide to that. And it also includes poses that are beneficial for each particular chakra as well. I found, again, totally stumbled across that one, but have found it very very useful book number six in the eight great books for the curious yogi the power of now by Eckhart Tolle um this one <sighs> It is another one that gives a solid vote for more meditation. And yes, because it's science-backed and so beneficial. So I loved in here, there was a section that talks about emotions. And of course, feelings fitness here. We're all about how we feel. And we're also working towards feeling very energized. So here's a little excerpt from The Power of Now. Emotions arise where mind and body meet. It is the body's reaction to your mind. If you cannot feel your emotions, if you cut off from them, you will eventually experience them on a purely physical level as a physical problem or symptom. A way to kind of free yourself from your mind in order to find this meditative state is to listen to the voice inside your head, all right? So we all have thoughts that are constantly swirling in our head. So take a listen to the voices inside your head. Be the observer, witness your thinking. And that's a very kind of yogic way of doing things is this idea of being that observer. It sets the ego aside when you can look from the outside in and then you want to notice any patterns that are happening but don't judge them just let them be and it can be really helpful in terms of identifying the emotions letting them be in your body and then releasing them as opposed to this idea of cutting them off and then they become these physical symptoms and make us sick eventually. So meditation is really this kind of like highly alert state but not really thinking. And a way to tap into that or a simple everyday way to tap into that would to be is to be fully present in routine activities. So for example, if you are washing your hands, why don't you be do like a little mindful meditation and be very mindful of washing your hands. Just give yourself that, you know, 20 seconds or whatever, because that's what it is, right, to get those germs off. And if you're just very mindful and maybe you have like a soap that smells really good or whatnot, maybe the water is nice and warm, or maybe it's like, maybe you need some cool water on your hand, maybe you're hot, whatever it may be, really kind of tune into the feelings and sensations of washing your hands. And that'll give you kind of that simple little bit of a meditative state. Love, love, love everything that the power of now has to offer. If you want to go a little deeper, number seven on the eight great books for the curious yogi, Bhagavad Gita, all right? And the version of this that I absolutely love is what I used in my yoga teacher training, And this is the Bhagavad Gita, a new translation by Stephen Mitchell. Bhagavad Gita translates to this Song of the Blessed One. It's a great philosophical poem, instructional manual for spiritual practice, a guide to peace of the heart. And this one, the original author is actually unknown. And scholars disagree a little bit in terms of When it was written, some will say fifth century BCE and some will say first century CE. But regardless, the original poem was just an independent poem. It's, you know, it gives you a really interesting lens to look at life through. And It's this epic poem of the characters on a battlefield and making real life decisions. And it gives you just kind of a way to, a very interesting way to think about life. So if you're curious, that is one that will show up in, I I believe, every yoga teacher training that is out there. That will certainly be one. But it just gets kind of deep into. Um, the way that we go about life. So check that one out if you're curious about a different lens to look at life. All right. And my final book on the eight great books for the curious yogi is one for the kids. All right. So one of my, or actually my main focus truly is this focus on kids. I started out as a grade school teacher. I went through a master's degree in school counseling, and I now have my own kiddos that I'm raising. So kids, kids, kids. I love working with the kids. So this book is called I Am Yoga by Susan Verde. Really, after I watched my mom as a school librarian, um, and after being a grade school teacher, I have a real passion for picture books. And so I absolutely love that there are so many yoga-focused books for kids now. So I'm always, you know, grabbing up anything that I can find. I love them. I love sharing them with the kids. Um, So I'm going to read you the the beginning of I Am Yoga. When I feel small in a world so big, when I wonder how I fit in, when the world is spinning so fast, I tell my wiggling body, be still. I tell my thinking mind, be quiet. I tell my racing breath, be slow. I close my eyes and make room in my mind, in my heart, to create and imagine I am yoga. So the book goes on, and it's just a really beautiful way to introduce kids to yoga. And the, Susan Verde has several other books uh, along the same lines in this yoga and mindfulness kind of category. Um, so I have gotten them all. I absolutely love these books. So there you have it. The eight great books for the Curious Yogi. we started with True Yoga by Jenny Lee. number two, How to Breathe by Ashley Nice. Number three, The Source by Tara Swart. number four, Creating on Purpose by Anna Judith. Number five chac- Number five, Chakra Healing by Margarita Alcantara. Number six, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Number seven, The Bhagavad Gita, a new translation by Stephen Mitchell. And finally, number eight, I Am Yoga by Susan Verde. So there you have it eight great books for the curious yogi. I think knowledge is power. I think that learning more about this yoga practice really helps you understand how deep it is and how beneficial it can be. So I hope you grab one of these books or many of these books and get to reading and really find the true depth of this yoga practice. And next month, June, is where I plan. If, and if all rolls out the way that I'm planning, June will bring a new name to this here podcast. But it will be very similar, just freshening it up a little bit. So I hope you will join me back here next month for the unveiling of the new name of the Feelings Fitness Podcast. And with that, I hope you always feel fit, mind, body, and spirit.